Honey, come on over here, sugar buns. This machine just called me an asshole. <laughs> I'm so glad we got we got Emilio I'm on so both glad. things there. Yeah, I'm so glad we got to finally talk about Emilio because he he dominates our intro every time. He does. That's great. Hello, Josh. How Hi, are Fish. How are you? I am. I'm well. So we're coming at you on a Tuesday. We apologize for any uh, delay. Fish had to to move. I was and moving. It was my wife's birthday, so we had a lot of stuff going on. But yeah. I think we're good on that. Yeah. So we're uh, you're just gonna get two episodes uh, closer together to each other. Yeah, kind of. So kind you of. win. It's the, you're the one that's winning. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Did you watch so anything? First off, yeah. Let's uh, talk about what we're watching. Um, let's see. What did I watch? Uh, let me see if I, can. I wrote it down somewhere. I know that I, I definitely like because of this movie. I started thinking about like movies that had a lot of uh, cars and trucks in them, or mm-hmm. like focused not not so much like Fast and Furious or shit like that, but more about movies where the car or the truck is the either antagonist or protagonist or is central to it. <clears throat> and so I watched uh, the entire Mad Max series from Mad Max One, Road Warrior, Beyond Thunderdome, and then Fury Road. You watched all of them. I watched Jeez. them all, and. Uh, I I think we always kind of like picture Mad Max in our brains as being like uh, this this beige, washed out sort of like desert hellscape, uh, and we always we always kind of uh, think about it that way. But if you go back and you watch each of those movies, they're really a different flavor. Like the first one is got a little more color to it, and it's not the world hasn't yet collapsed. The second one is really about the full collapse of society. And how they're like roving bands of like desert. I like I like the first one. I mean, it's probably my favorite out of all the of them. The one with like toe cutter and the motorcycle game. Yeah, yeah, the very first yeah. one. And then I mean, uh, Fury Road was great. <clears throat> Fury Road I mean, was it's phenomenal. Amazing. But you you see you see the distinct differences between the two. Like the first one kind of set up what what George Miller ended up being. Like, oh, we're gonna do this. We're gonna go move this direction. And then when you watch Beyond Thunderdome, it starts flirting with uh, slapstick a little bit. And it becomes more of a kids' movie, yeah, in a way, more family friendly, because uh, <clears throat> the Max character becomes like this like surrogate father to like a whole group of lost children, and uh, and you got Tina Turner in there. What's uh, love got to do? And the the, the villain, the villain. Oh, and the and the there's very little uh, vehicle action in in Beyond Thunderdome until the the third act. Yeah, until the very end, and it's all like trains. So it, it changes, and then there's, and, and I mean, there's some vehicles following alongside, like the the main like train thing that they steal to get out of there. But there's that one villain, um, Iron Bar. He does this thing. I didn't realize there was a uh, uh, Beyond Thunderdome reference in Deadpool Two when he like kills that dude and reaches down and looks between his legs and drives the car while standing on the hood mm-hmm. with his butt facing out. The fucking Iron Bar character does that does in do that? Beyond Thunderdome. Yeah, and I was like, oh shit. <laughs> But yeah, I watched those, and then of course I watched this, <clears throat> and I watched this uh, other movie that I'm going to wait to talk about because it's part of 
the bulk of what I've got. What you got for this movie? Yeah, I watched. Uh, we started doing. I don't know if I talked about it last time. We started rewatching like the X Men movies, but in yeah. kind of like a chronological order. And um, let me do that for you. So I watched uh, yeah X Men First Class, Days of Future Past, Spaceballs. Decided to redo some Spaceballs. Uh, also been watching like Frasier and uh, Scrubs. Kind of getting back into that kind of action. I like Frasier. I think your microphone is backwards. <clears throat> it is. It is. I just had to fix that. <laughs> yeah, we're taking care of a few things here. Well, we can just jump into our movie today is Maximum Overdrive, 1986, uh, directed by Stephen King, written by Stephen King, based on a book by Stephen King. Um, <clears throat> it's got a 5.5 out of 10 on IMDb, 50%, 15% on Rotten Tomatoes, 24% on Metascore. Um, it's based off of the Stephen King uh, book, Trucks. It's 98 excuse me 98 minutes long the budget was nine million dollars the box office was 7.4 and actually 3.5 in north america so this is a bomb 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 yes and the music all the music done by the one the only acdc and this is one of those rare instances where a band does a whole album it it qualifies as an album for them but is also a soundtrack to this movie barring a couple of other hits that came from previous albums like back in black the only other one album I can think of right off the top of my head was uh, Eddie Vedder's uh, album for Into the Wild. That was a whole, it was his solo was album thing? debut, oh, but also the soundtrack to the movie. So it's, it's, it's double in that regard. <clears throat> so yeah, uh, Maximum Overdrive, uh, for some people I think is a minimum underdrive. <laughs> I don't think there's a lot of people that like it very much. You yeah, I'm, I, I'm one of them. Yeah, I don't, yeah. Don't, I do not like this movie very I, much. I uh, well, okay, let's talk about like the first time that we had seen this movie because this was one uh, of those flicks that I think came on for me. Sci-fi Channel, maybe. Yeah, something. I must have maybe been like six or seven. I saw this movie. I think yeah, I was probably closer to ten or twelve. It was around that age, like in the mid '90s for me. Where I was just, you know, um, just watching a lot of television. So TBS, TNT, excuse me, TNT specifically because I was watching a lot of wrestling. Yeah. So after wrestling, there'd usually be a movie. Yeah, was that it would TNT Thunder? Right. It was that was TBS. Was that on TBS? Thursday nights and it was Monday Nitro. Oh, on okay. TNT. TNT. And that was during the Monday Night Wars uh, with um, WWF and Monday Night Raw. Uh, and on Saturdays would be Monster Vision with Joe Bob Briggs. That's where I got to see a lot of my first uh, favorite horror movies was on TNT, like Night of the Living Dead, 1990, mm-hmm. um, Maximum Overdrive's first time I saw that that movie on, on Monster Visions, first time I saw like Pumpkinhead, um, just a lot of these like cultish movies, I think are very much like firmly in the cult status now, but then were just considered like drive-in B movies that no one really cared about except for people like Joe Bob Briggs who wanted to wear a bolo tie and talk about it. <laughs> Um, so yeah, like I normally do, I, I kind of do a, a dive in, into the director and the filmmakers on this. Uh, but there's really not a lot to unpack about this. It's pretty well documented what happened here. Yeah. It's, it's, it's to the point. Um, even when I was watching, I was trying to take my notes. If you look at my notes, like there's certain parts where my handwriting gets so horrible because I'm right. just like, what the fuck is going on? You don't ever just like hit it. pause and like put out a thought. I, I think I was just really tired, so I was like, I need to blast through this movie as quick as I could. Oh, I, t- I think I spent six hours. 
Wow. Working yeah, on that's, this that's, movie. That's a good time. I, mean, I generally always do, man. Usually do. I mean, and this movie really doesn't spark my interest too much, but I, I'm mm-hmm. gonna, we're going to have fun talking about it. I, I think yeah. some, of, some of the next <clears throat> movies, and uh, also, if you're listening, we have a kind of an announcement towards the end of this, and right. we'll be posting a video about it, kind of right. a new way couple, to select uh, our movies. A couple of cool pieces of news for us. We're going to have uh, that, that uh, information that we're going to drop, and plus another little... More uh, newer aesthetic packaging uh, yeah. for us, which is going to happen in the future soon. So let me dive right in here. Here comes Do it. Professor Fish, <clears throat> the Professor. Uh, Maximum Overdrive is a 1986 horror comedy from legendary author Stephen King in his first and only time in the director's chair. Uh, he also wrote the screenplay uh, and the film's premise is based on one of his own works, the short story Trucks. Uh, which was included in the author's first collection of short stories called Night Shift, which I believe came out in the 70s sometime. Uh, The film is more big, dumb fun than it is like any other of King's works, which are generally more somber in their tone. Uh, The film is produced by Martha Schumacher, now known as Martha De Laurentiis, after marrying Dino De Laurentiis, legendary legendary Italian-American film producer who produced or co-produced over 500 films, of which 38 were nominated for Academy Awards. Maximum Overdrive was not one of them. Of course not. Uh, but this is also the man who brought us Dune in 1984. And that's my one. That's your show. one? That's your that's one? my one. You're claiming that? All right. <laughs> being real subtle with it right now. In 2002 interview uh, with Tony Magistrale for the book Hollywood's Stephen King, King stated that he was coked out of his mind all through production and he really didn't know what he was doing. You could tell by watching this movie. You really can't. <laughs> was he was he like part of the editing process to this also? Uh, I don't know. I, I don't think so. Okay. Uh, well, maybe. Uh, but there, there's there's some stuff that was left that I found that I unpacked that might uh, never confirmed, but mm. might might uh, lend itself to why the movie's editing kind of uh, feels like somebody who has done it before. Um. But also, like, you know, just what we're watching is wacky. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> so yeah, he said he was doing a lot of coke, and there, there are, there are rumors that the that suggest that George Romero was there to help course correct, and uh, that he would give King guidance, and and but I couldn't find anything to confirm that. It's actually what I was just talking about. Uh, but King did have uh, a first cut of the film that would have earned an X rating. I feel like maybe that would have been a better movie. Um, maybe. And even reportedly made Romero sick. Uh, and this is a guy who makes gory movies. Yeah. So the scene allegedly that caused this was uh, when the Little Leaguer was run over by the steamroller. A squib went off a little early, making the kid's uh, head appear to pop like a grape. That's awesome. Yeah. And so it would have been so much up. better. Because when you watch the movie, it cuts right before yeah. the head of the body is, is pulled under the Because uh, there's, the there's a couple like... Uh, scenes in this film that i'm like i really wish i would have seen what went on like in the neighborhood mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. that i think that would have made it seem a little right i think this movie definitely could reuse a remake uh, i'd go see a remake of this <clears> film it's funny oh. we're, we're gonna get to that oh. so the film uh also enjoys a hard rock soundtrack with from acdc as you mentioned handling the music department with the exception of the psycho stabbing parts yeah we will not be playing any acdc <clears throat> music but uh, no Pretty sure uh, the you've movie. heard most of them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you've heard AC one ACDC song, you've heard them all. <laughs> and that's I'm not throwing shade. I like ACDC, uh, or as they're called in their native Australia, Akadaka. Uh, and if you didn't, if you didn't know what ACDC stood for, it's alternating current, direct current. 
So there's a little uh, extra Zach fact for you. Uh, the movie was nominated for two Golden Raspberries for Worst Director and Worst Actor, both lost to Prince for the movie Under the Cherry Moon. So, you know, there's that. I didn't know Prince made a second one. I just remember. I didn't either. The Purple Rain. <clears throat> yeah. Though the film made nearly everyone's worst of lists and is still considered terrible, quote unquote, John Clute and Peter Nichols offer a modest reappraisal, admitting the film's many flaws, but suggesting that several scenes display enough visual panache to imply King was not entirely without talent. King would eventually disown the movie, calling it a moron movie and never intends to direct again and hasn't. Believe it or not, it has been remade or perhaps readapted with the movie Trucks. It came out in 1997. It was a made-for-TV movie that was a joint uh, production between Canadian and American studios starring Timothy Busfield from Field of Dreams and the show 30-something and The West Wing. <clears throat> so technically, it's been remade. Oh, was that any good? Did no, it was fucking that terrible. Was and you can okay. watch it for free on YouTube, but it's unwatchable. <laughs> it's not good. So it makes this movie look even better? <clears throat> it does kind of in that regard. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the the uh, collection of short stories that this comes from is called Night Shift, uh, and it would serve as the basis for multiple film and television and theater adaptations, including the films Children of the Corn, Cat's Eye, Graveyard Shift, and The Mangler, which was directed by Toby Hooper and starred Robert England. The Dollar Baby adaptations would include early work from director Frank Darabont. And you're probably asking yourself, Fish, what's a Dollar Baby? I'm glad you asked, Josh. A Dollar Baby is an arrangement where best-selling author Stephen King grants permission to students and aspiring filmmakers or theater producers for $1 to adapt one of his short stories for $1. Didn't he do that for Shawshank? Wasn't that dollar? Or was it no, Green Mile? I know one of those is a dollar. Right? you don't qualify for the deal, a dollar deal or a dollar baby, if mm -hmm. you're doing it for a commercial okay, uh, it's just, just okay. You're allowed to do it for free if you don't make money, off, or for a dollar. Gotcha. If you're not making money off of it, because... It's dollar a, baby films are there to let people use his uh, material to try to see if they can like work with good gotcha, scripts yeah, yeah. to make something. I don't know. I'm not entirely well versed in it. <clears throat> so uh, Frank Darabont is a dollar baby himself from the uh, films, the sun dog that he made um, a book about dollar baby films was released in July, 2015 by dollar baby filmmaker, Sean S. Lelos. All in all, The Night Shift would spawn 21 feature films. Nine of them were Children of the Corn films. One was Lawnmower Man. And there was actually two films made uh, inspired by Lawn Lawnmower Man. First one was a Dollar Baby short of about 12 minutes long. And another version was a feature film from New Line Cinema in 1992 with Pierce Brosnan and Jeff Fahey. But the script was called Cyber God. And the filmmakers just borrowed the Stephen King title for the recognition. And even though there are no similarities, King sued and won, forcing the studio to take the Stephen King's part off of the marketing and the title. Well, yeah. I mean, if you're <clears> going to put Stephen King presents this and then the movie is not nothing even to do. nothing to do with it, no plot, no character, no nothing. Yeah. It's like you just you stole my <clears> name and put it on a fucking piece of shit. Because right? the, yeah. Well, I mean, <clears throat> uh, Lawnmower Man, the movie, if you don't look at it as a bad adaptation of a Stephen King movie it's a cool movie on its own gotcha but because they decided oh we're gonna there's a lawnmower involved let's let's throw the this name on there and slap Stephen King on there because it's a horror thriller and then that'll that'll put asses in seats but Stephen King was like no 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 yeah, yeah. don't use my name for just selling tickets yeah <clears throat> 
Um, so Maximum Overdrive uses trucks as a stand-in for monsters, and big semi-trailer trucks are typically pretty imposing. I remember being a kid and looking at them thinking, that's a big, scary thing. Yeah, of machine, course. You know? See, running down the road seeing one of those things, you're like, holy hell. Then I got to thinking about other films uh, with big, deadly, or otherwise menacing vehicles as villains, and there are quite a few. Um, the first one that came to mind was The Duel from Steven Spielberg in 1971. Mm-hmm. Was you've never seen that no, one? Yeah, I've seen that it's one. It's kind of good. Uh, <clears throat> this one, not exactly, um, but because it was also filmed in the same area, it made me think of this, Black Dog. I was going to think Black Dog, but the, that's not really about the truck. It's more about... Right, it's truck drivers. Yeah, truck drivers. Yeah, it's really more a human Yeah, drama. that was... Uh, Patrick Swayze, Patrick Swayze Meatloaf, yeah. Travis Tritt, I believe the country singer, also filmed in Wilmington, North Carolina. Uh, Christine which is uh, Stephen King, Stephen King, directed by John Carpenter. The Car, which was kind of, which predates uh, Christine. Uh, it was back in 1977. Okay. It's essentially the same idea. Killdozer, 74. Uh, Joyride in 2001, which again isn't really so much about the truck being the villain. It's the driver in the truck who's unseen and he uses the truck as a weapon. Yeah. And then that's that's his main like what's, what's the grindhouse one. What's that one? Uh, death proof. Death proof. Yeah, yeah, I was just thinking that that, that one that one kind of like falls in there a little bit too. Sure, uh, the Wraith in 1986, same year with Charlie Sheen. So it's like both of the brothers put out a movie where vehicles are central to the plot in the same year. And if you're listening, you did not know Emilio Estevez is Charlie <clears throat> Sheen's brother. Um, <clears throat> that's right. He just decided not to change his name to. Ed. As to, or, uh, to, to Sheen. Sheen. He decided yeah. to keep and what, 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 what would his uh, stage name have been? Because if it's Carlos, Emilio Sheen. Carlos Estevez became Charlie Sheen, would yeah. he be Milo Sheen? Milo. Or Emilio? Emilio? Um, or Emil? Emil, yeah. It could just be Emilio Sheen. I don't know. I suppose. Well, Emmett? I don't, I don't know. Well, he did He did just like uh, Nicolas Cage did. He changed his name so he wouldn't have to... Uh, to be a part of like the dynasty. and Right, yeah. Like yeah. He, he wanted to kind of make it on his own. Recognition, yeah. yeah. Uh, there was Black Cadillac in 2003, which I didn't see. Uh, I think um, Randy Quaid is in that. Oof. Uh, and then there's um, a movie called uh, Nightmares, which is a an anthology collection of four films. And in it, there's one called The Benediction, which is actually based on Stephen King's The Duel. And uh, it is about a truck that comes alive and chases a priest around uh, uh, wherever. And it's not actually the truck that's alive, but it's Satan in the driver's seat, invisible. Nice. Yeah. And so that's called the benediction, and that was that was from a Satan a, drives the truck. Yeah. And then um, on the flip side of all of the evil sentient cars, there's benevolent ones, like Herbie the Love Bug. <laughs> yeah, but chitty chitty bang bang. I think Herbie could have been a demon car. Oh yeah, yeah he was always causing trouble. Yeah, you know. Oh, maybe maybe he's a horror. He's a villain to some people, some other people's perspective in that universe. Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, it, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang qualifies, but <clears throat> yeah, it, it qualifies. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm, um, just, I'm just trying to think of, like the whole story. Then there's there's like obvious that. ones like Transformers, but that's a little more about the, them being robots. There's Kit from Knight Rider. Um, Hello, there's the movie Cars. There's the Magic School Bus. And I think this one kind of like this next one kind of fits a little more in the in the maximum overdrive kind of idea is the brave little toaster. Yeah, there's a bunch of little appliances with lives of their own. It's more like Toy Story. We still need to do that movie. I keep forgetting. That. I know it's on and, my list. And I I always sometimes think that Twisted Metal probably lifted some of its ideas or imagery. Oh, the from, video game, of course, from this movie. And uh, with that, we brings us to the start of our movie to the start of the film. So we open up on a. 
ounce shot of earth. And well, it's a star field. It's a star field. <clears throat> and, and it, it kind of looks like cocaine, like spilt on a black tabletop, yeah, doesn't it? It'd just be, <laughs> it would be great if it was like, what was it? Um, like back in the day, like the old silent film artists, you would, they would come up and they would, you see them write the title card and they'd yeah. sign their name and be like, Charlie Chaplin, he'd point down, stuff like that. It would just be funny if, yeah, it was like, Stephen King, he had written out Stephen King and just cocaine. Like thumbing and they, it with it through yeah, the cocaine? Yeah, or he snorted it, but they filmed it with backwards, like a razor. so it just goes... Oh. <laughs> that would be funny. So, yeah, there's a star field. You see Earth, and there's a green haze. Yeah. And uh, they don't. there's no narrator, so you have, no. to, you have to read it, and uh, Fish has written it down. Yeah, and uh, so it says, on June 19th, 1987, at 9.47 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, the Earth passed into the extraordinarily diffuse tale of Rhea M., a rogue comet. According to astronomical calculations, the planet would remain in the tail of the comet for the next eight days, five hours, 29 minutes, and 23 seconds. Now, that's sort of weirdly prophetic. Yeah. Um, there's no uh, <clears throat> there's no significance to that timestamp or anything like that, with the exception of the date, because later, on June 19th, 1999, King would be nearly killed. By a vehicle. Oh, when he was hit. When he was hit. That was 99? 99, homie. That was 21 years ago. I thought it was earlier than that. Well, I mean. I thought that's why he wrote Misery. No. No? No, I think uh, Dreamcatcher was sort of a. Oh, it was more about that? Yeah. When he got hit by the van or whatever. Yeah. And it's funny that it would be June 19th. It would be, you know, what, 13 years later. and, And he would be nearly killed by a vehicle. So it's strange. And then, then the number 19 becomes like kind of, you know, uh, common throughout uh, throughout his books his and stuff. stuff. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it goes through like <clears throat> woo, 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 goes back and it's Wilmington, North Carolina, Wilmington, North Carolina, also known as Wilmywood or Hollywood East. Notable people from Wilmington include Charlie Daniels, Sammy Davis, senior uh, Katarina Jarborough, the first black opera singer to sing on stage in America. Popular TV series like Dawson's Creek, One Tree Hill, Eastbound and Down were filmed there, and many films, especially throughout the 80s and 90s. Crimes of the Heart, Year of the Dragon, Blue Velvet, King Kong Lives, Raw Deal, um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was filmed there, The Crow, Firestarter, Iron Man 3, A Walk to Remember, and Super Mario Brothers. Because we did Super Mario Brothers. And actually, uh, because of that, and, and there's, there's a reason why like films aren't really made that there anymore is because the, the governor Rocory got rid of a sort of like a tax incentive yeah, that allowed so, people to film there. And then they started going down to Atlanta. Yeah, that's right. Florida that's right. Like that. That's right. Uh, and since 1995, Wilmington hosts an annual independent film festival called Cucolorus. Cucolorus? I don't know. It's the keystone event of the Cucolorus Film Foundation. The Cape Fear Independent Film Network also hosts an annual festival. Nice. Big film town. Uh, we see Stephen King, and you kind of heard him at the very beginning. I'll play it again. Yeah, he him. makes a cameo. Honey, come on over here, sugar buns. He was snorting some sugar buns. Yeah. This machine just called me an asshole. Did you ever notice that uh, he's a kind of cross-eyed? 
Yeah, no, in all of his photos, he, he one one he has one of his eyes is just a little in. Yeah, it's just a little in. You see it like corrected when he wears those big thick ass glasses. But there's like a trailer for this movie where he's like all like fucking. Yeah, and he's got the beard and he's like, like I'm, I'm gonna, gonna scare, scare the, the shit, shit out, out of you. you. Yeah. <laughs> he's got powder all over his beard. <laughs> the bank marquee changes from giving you the date and the temperature to being yeah. fuck you. you. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and, it, and it's the, and the, the time is the same as the. Um, the beginning the beginning like uh, yeah the little text. scrollers yeah. text uh then acdc starts playing and then who made who yeah uh, chaos starts to ensue there's a bunch of people you just see cars driving over bridges yeah there's the, the there's like the, a the drawbridge that yeah so that boats can go by and it, it turns itself on th- th- that's a cool thing I, d- I do say that i like about the movie is seeing like the buttons being pushed uh yeah the trucks stick shifts moving by themselves yeah. type of deal i thought that was kind of cool for 86 sure 86 well i think it was filmed in 85 and uh, I, th- I thought it looks pretty good, especially because yeah. if you see the cars moving, you don't really see a driver in them. Nothing like a couple that. Sometimes you do. Do you? You can see I was trying or like black gloves, uh, you little know. knuckles. There's a scene where you could you could just boop hit it. And you could see an arm just uh, just inside so the, like the window. Down. Yeah, but uh, so that's a drawbridge. I believe it's in Wilmington, Wilmington, and I've been to Wilmington. It's been a while. We have a few of those in Florida. Those bridges that go up to allow yeah, big called, sailboats to go through. Bascule bridges. And it gets uh, pushed. The men, the men yeah. playing cards. Sorry. I didn't, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, off. yeah. there's two guys that are playing cards in the, the drawbridge <clears throat> yeah. machinery room. And this dude is, like, picking his nose, and then he knocks, and I couldn't help but think of Stand By Me, that other Stephen King um, yeah, movie, because the kids are all in the treehouse. They're playing Knock Rummy, just like these guys are. And I, I guess know. Stephen King likes uh, I guess he likes rummy. Knock Rummy, yeah. And the buttons start getting pushed. The, the bridge goes up, and, you know, just cars are falling off the bridge. Mm-hmm. They're being crashed. There's even, like, an ACDC van yeah. at one point. Yeah. They're like, like, oh, cool, man. Four yeah, what's going on? Just slamming shit. <clears throat> it's sort of like Final Destination before Final Destination. You don't really see a lot of, like, deaths in this, but it's just, like, the destruction. Yeah, there's it's not pretty really... Cool. There's a few deaths, but nothing, nothing like Pet Cemetery no. type of shit or that, anything like that. that. Um, that station wagon that rolls up with the woman and the man, the woman is Marla Maples, who is the future, who would become the future ex-wife of Donald Trump. Oh, and, really? And the mother of Tiffany Trump. Oh. Yeah. Well, looky there. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's hear. Yeah, the destruction. So it's just, it's yeah, just pretty it's, much chaos. It's kind it's of setting it up. Sort of setting it up everything. Um, uh, yeah, then we go to the, the truck stop. Uh, uh, the Dixie Boy. Coming down along hot Carolina Road is the Green Goblin truck. It says Happy yeah. Toys. Happy Toys. And that's Highway 17, man. Been there. I went to high school on a highway. Is there a Dixie Boy out there? Did someone ever build no, one? No, that was a set. Nah. I was wondering. I was like, I bet, I bet somebody's. There were plenty of uh, truck stops, gas stations, like Stuckies and shit, like up and down the uh, the coastline. They're like truck 95. Like when I was a kid, uh, my, my parents split when I was early. Mm-hmm. So I'd always spend my summers with my mother in North Carolina and I'd come back and do school in Florida. So I was, I was always up and down you know, traveling, making these little road trips like once or twice a year. And so we'd always like see these, these, you know, truck stops that were very similar to the Dixie boy. And, uh, the, the truck's pulling up, um, <clears throat> guy gets out, very notable man, Frankie Faison. Yep. And, uh, I, I instantly recognized him from like Hannibal and red dragon. He played mm-hmm. like the orderly. That's right. That. Yeah. Coming to America. And he, still, he still looks the same. Yeah, he like, does. You know, he, he, he's, he's in, pretty um, well. Let's see, he was in Coming to America and Do the Right Thing, the movies you mentioned, he played Pops, uh, most recently in Luke Cage. Mm-hmm. He was the one that sort of like was the catalyst for Luke Cage to, uh, to be, start heroing. Yeah, start doing that because yeah. Pops died. Oh, did I, did I give that up? No. no one's ever seen that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Spoiler <Oops>. alert. 
uh, and then there's the two gas station attendants. Yeah. And we have Pat Miller as Joe. He's the fat guy. Yes. And then we have J.C. Quinn as Duncan Keller. And he's also Deke's father, who's a character we meet later. And this is our, our second movie with uh, J.C. Quinn. Yeah, because he was in... Uh, Barfly. Barfly, yeah. He's one of the bartenders, yeah. We, uh, there's also a section where, like, the the Dixie boy has got, like, an arcade in the back mm-hmm. for people to play. And there's a guy back there, and he's sitting in the arcade, and... Uh, everything's, well, getting spewed out, like, yeah. cigarettes and coin machines, and uh, everything's kind of going nuts. Yeah, he, like, he's stealing cigarettes and stuff, because the cigarette well, machine is, like, collecting sh- yeah, yeah. like, shooting out, and the coins are going all this. So he's just collecting it, collecting it. Um, during this time, uh, the, the guy is, uh, uh, JC Quinn is filling up the, the truck, right? Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah. And I, I have a little, yeah. I have a little clip of this, uh, the, well, I, I was going to yeah, say, go uh, just about the Dixie stop truck stop. It was a set that was constructed, uh, some 10 miles outside of Wilmington, but it was such a convincing set that many truckers tried to stop in. Really? And they're like, oh, this is, like, oh, this is a movie set. And he's like, oh, shit, it looks oh. fucking real. <laughs> um, Sorry, we're, we're, so we're at the, the, the uh The producers actually had to take out ads in local papers to tell people, this is a movie set. Please don't try to show up and get gas. Or oh, film. wow. Yeah. <laughs> Please don't interrupt the filming. Right. And uh, we meet Wanda June, who is the um, waitress. She's played by Alan McElduff. And she also appeared in Working Girls, JFK, and Little Man Tate. I mean, we're kind of getting like it's like a sort of a rapid fire like introduction. Yeah, introduction people. It, while the guy's filling up the uh, the tank, yeah, uh, <clears throat> the pump stops, and he's like, "What the hell?" So he, he's kind of he's trying to clean out the nozzle. Yeah, and he instantly he gets sprayed in the face by diesel. But what hits him in the face does not look like diesel. No, it doesn't look like it's fuel like at a all. black gunk. It kind of looked like uh, like it's like crude oil. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, I've had diesel splash in my eyes. It's not Have fun. You? Yeah, whatsoever. It's really not fun. My oh, track, my tractor was diesel. I had backsplash hit my eyes once. Not fun whatsoever. It's very, very painful. I mean, is it worse? I'm, I've never had gasoline it's, it's, of any type thrown in my I face. I mean, it's just not. It's just not fun. Like you have to rinse your eyes out. Like I didn't get that much. It was just yeah. like a like a mist in the Yikes. face, and it's just not fun. Um, but I have a little clip where you can kind of you get to you're gonna meet uh emilio estevez's character you're gonna meet pat hinkle's character hingle hingle's character and uh here's just a little clip of that cool can i kind of hear him screaming with get my shit in his eyes the psycho stabs steve gaten mr hendershot duncan keller's had an accident oh shit ski what happened to him and got diesel in his eyes i'll be damned if i know how he's that old Flush his eyes. Leave me alone. Got me some talking to do in here. I gotta wipe everybody's ass around here. Shitty job, but I reckon somebody's gotta do it. Ain't that right, Bubba? <laughs> no, no. Let me let me get this straight now. Now you want me to work for nine hours and only clock in for eight? Now I know you been the college boy. Uh-uh. Screw that. Not this kid. You know what that star means, don't you? You ain't that obtuse, are you? On parole, boy. Either your ass belongs to me or it belongs to the state of North Carolina. You got one hell of a racket going here, don't you? Here, put that back in the rack for me on your way by, would you? Thank you, Bubba. <laughs> oh, shit. Wanda June, honey. You want me to get that cup of coffee myself? Bill! Billy! It's getting out of hand in here. 
You ain't talking about me, are you, honey? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Hey, those eggs come in Pony Express or what? Just a minute, sir. Yeah, like a turkey knife like turns on her. Yeah, and cuts up her arm. So uh Pat Hingle, you would I everyone pretty much recognizes him as Commissioner Gordon. Yeah, from the I mean, Tim from, Burton ones. From the Actually, films. I think he was in all four of the uh was he in the Schumacher ones as well? I think so. Yeah, I, yeah, think I don't so think they too. replaced him in that. Yeah, the only people that had recurring roles in those Batman films were Alfred and, and, and Commissioner Gordon. Yeah. Yeah. So Bubba Calls Bill into his office. Bill is Emilio. Bill is, uh, I guess, a uh, parolee. Parolee who's there working as part of a work release, and the 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 Bubba character is kind of holding that over his head and, and like forcing him to Mr. do Hendershot, like, right? Hendershot, yeah. yeah. Trying to force him to work uh, for free and, and like exploiting their labor because otherwise they go back to prison. And when he puts when he puts his uh, time card back up, there's a little star next to his name, meaning yeah. he's on parole. And there's like. There's a shit Couple ton of, of there's, like, there's like 10 other people yeah. that work at this place that are parolees. So he's like, well, fucking guy's taking advantage. Some of the names that you see, if you can pause it and read them, mm -hmm. are all names of crew members. Uh, oh, are the they? movie, yeah. Nice. Because there was one, uh, Gene Poole. <laughs> <laughs> and later, uh, I, I read that, that act, he was a grip, um, and they were filming the... Um, the ice cream truck near the end when it gets shot and flips over. Yeah. Well, in that shot, it slides toward the camera and it cuts at right at certain points because homeboy, it slid too far and the cameraman wasn't getting out of the way. So that Gene Pool guy grabbed him and pulled like, him out of the way. Out of the way. And you just see it get cut right before the camera moves. And um, that was just a little little uh, Easter egg there. So while this is going on, the game room, as you said, is going nuts. Yeah, I've, I've, got, I've got something about the game room. I, I do too. too. I do too. Maybe it's the same thing. It probably is. Uh, the... The, the images? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. On one of the games, the images show a star, a square, a circle, a plus sign, and wavy lines. Yeah. And that's pretty much your Used uh, in, um, your psychic test, clairvoyance test. And we use them in yeah, ESP is what they call ESP cards. I used to use them in magic all the time. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, I didn't even think about that. that. You would like, recognize that. Right there, away, like, yeah. I was like, are those ESP? Well, you stuff? see it. You see it happening on the tabletop game next to him, and then when he stands up and he and he's looking it's happening at the, on like uh, Galica or whatever the hell. Yeah, it's Crystal Castle. Yeah, and it's going through. And, and he, gets, that, he gets electrocuted. Yeah. Oh, and, and that's that's yeah. Giancarlo Esposito. The guy from uh, Breaking Bad. Breaking Gus Bad, Fring. Gus. Yeah. And he looks pretty much the same. He just looks younger. You know, you know like, I saw him in a movie recently, too. Like, he, he's a really well, like, versed actor. Very versatile because he, in this, he, well, he barely speaks. So that, yeah. that doesn't really matter. But, um, um, he was, I was watching a movie, a Jim Jarmusch movie. It was called The World at Night or A Night on Earth. Night on Earth. And he's a he's a cab passenger in New York City, and he sounds like he's from New York. He's got long hair. You, you, you wouldn't see him. I see you got the symbols written. There. Yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't see him and be like, oh, that's that's Gus Fring. <clears throat> he's totally unrecognizable. Just completely a, a different person in this movie. And he gets in the cab, and his cab driver is this like Ukrainian or Eastern European like uh, transplant who doesn't know how to drive. But he's driving a cab and he keeps like, he's like, hey, man, what you doing up there? You know how to do this. And so he gets up front with the cab driver, drives for the driver. And and that's the whole scene of the movie. It was just them talking to each and other. And that, that was it. And, and so he's always he's always been super impressive to me. Uh, during the time that the the waitress gets her hand cut, you know, she was mm -hmm. she was trying to cook for for Billy. 
and she's not doing a very good job. Right. Their, their hand gets cut, and uh, fucking Emilio comes up, Billy, and he starts smashing the shit out of the out of the, the, knife. the, the knife, you know, to make it stop. Yeah. And then we get to, and then of course you know, the Gus thing, and then we get to probably the most iconic scene for me in this movie is the the baseball field. Oh, oh, I, well, we, we, I think, are we, are we not? Yeah, it goes to the baseball field because she like wraps well, them I, up. I, I have just so much written that I'm, st- <laughs> I'm still in the middle of like uh, a scene oh, go over ahead. here. Yeah. No, no, it's cool. No, we've we've literally covered it. I'm just, I'm just not following. Just, along just because you're, you're pacing over here. <laughs> Okay, so uh, I think that was all I had to say about that. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, other than the uh, yeah. other than the truck stop um, pornography wallpaper. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> when they're treating homeboy's eyes, I was like, yeah, that's eighties right there. And yeah, yeah, we get to the um, we get to a, a like a t ball. Oh, did you also notice yeah. that one of the patrons is Leon Rippy? He's uh, an actor. Yeah, one of the guys looked familiar. Like I thought the I Patriot. He was in the Patriot. He was part of the militia. He was the one dude who ran back to save his family, but they were dead, and then he shot himself. Oh in front of yeah, everybody. yeah, no, that guy's this a great is like, actor. A, like a very young uh, him. Anyway, carry on. Baseball game. Yeah, so there's a baseball game. Um, the coach is like, "I'm gonna buy you guys some sodas. Sodas on me. Sodas on me." And <laughs> yeah, they are. But yeah, yeah, they definitely are. Spits in some coins. He bangs the machine. Nothing's coming out. And then oh, they just start. Get, he gets pelted. Like first he gets crotched. He gets crotched, and then he gets hit in the chest and then he gets hit in the forehead yeah. which leaves like a dent in uh-huh. his forehead and then the cans just start shooting out you know hitting kids and it's funny because they, they, they even do like a close-up on the uh like the where the cans fall down yeah. you can definitely tell like they're like they're empty like, or well you know you can just see the circles where they're launching the cans out like it's like a baseball launcher or a tennis ball oh, launcher almost you know? like a yeah, like a gasket that allows it to thunk. yeah, the thunk. Yeah. And I was like, dude, it's like okay. So they kind of showed that a little bit. I didn't even pick that up. Yeah. I was I was too busy looking at the one kid who started running away. A can taps him on the back of the head, and you can you can tell that it's weightless. Yeah, but it's just a little little tap, and then he like it takes him like a full half a second to react, and he falls down. Uh, one, one kid tries to get on his bike to to ride away after uh-huh. all these kids getting pelted, this the scene and then that just scarred yeah, me as a kid. And out of nowhere, a steamroller just fucking blows <laughs> in. And yeah, he wrecks his bike and he gets uh, he gets crushed. I had to look that up. Like I was like, why are they called steamrollers? And then I realized, well, now they're called road rollers. Yeah. But back in the day, they were steam powered. And I was like, oh, well, I'm stupid. I, I mean, guess that makes sense. Road rollers. Well, I guess why wouldn't if if that is still carrying the uh, steam roller because it was steam powered? Why don't other vehicles have steam attached to it too? <laughs> This is my like a steam engine steam, or a steam, steam boat ship. Well, I mean, oh, I guess they do. Yeah. Well, I'm going to shut up now. Let's carry on. <laughs> uh, one of the kids gets away. Um, happens to be. And that's Deke. Deke. Uh, which is the son of the guy who got the gas in his eyes. By the, the gas, eyes. Yeah, the diesel. Uh, where a truck almost runs over. Well, well, Deke gets the hell out of Dodge and then it kind of cuts back to oh. the, uh, the shot of the highway when we meet. Uh, Where we meet the preacher or no, the, the, the salesman. Bible salesman. And, I have a clip of that. And his hitcher. Okay. Uh, little clip. Um, pretty much it's uh, it's the radio clip. <clears throat> so you're going to get a little section of that. Heard that. Heck, when I started this business, about eight years ago, right after I got out of the army. I got something. Before our Reports of strange occurrences are pouring in over the wire services. We will have further bulletins as they come in. But for the moment, let me repeat this urgent message. If you are on or near a major highway, get away at once. Get away at once. 
shit! Whoa, 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 what's wrong there, sweet thing? Pull in there. And if you don't get your hand off my leg, you're gonna be wiping your ass with a hook the next time you take a dump. That's one. I never heard no talk like that when I was a boy. <laughs> I never heard no talk like that when I was a boy. <laughs> All right, so these two are uh, Laura Harrington as Brett uh, and Christopher Murney as Camp Loman. Yeah, because he don't even forget his name. He's just the salesman. Yeah. What they say. They, it, he's, he's a Bible salesman. This shit's uh, listed in the credits. Oh, is it? Uh, so Harrington, the woman, is has also appeared in the movie Polly, that, that bird movie. Yeah. Uh, What's Eating Gilbert Grape? She was one of the Grape sisters. Um, and The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai Across the Eighth Dimension. Ooh. I don't know what the fuck that's called. It's been a while since I've seen that movie. Yeah, me too. I, you know what? Actually, I don't think I've ever seen it. You know, you've seen that? No. I saw it when I was a kid. It's been a while. I think it's free on Amazon. Is it? Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. Uh, Mernie, the, the gentleman, the driver, uh, he's been seen in Barton Fink, uh, The Taking of Pelham 123, the OG one from the 70s. He's also done a lot of voice acting, uh, specifically the Red Dead series. Uh, and he was on the show MASH. No, oh, nice. Yeah. I like MASH. It's in the radio news, too, is going on. And this has similarities that made me think of zombie movies like Night of the Living Dead. And I think that um, Stephen King has gone on record a number of times to say that George... Excuse me. George Romero's uh, Night of the Living Dead was like a singularly like a huge influence of his. He was probably pretty young when that came out in 1968. Mm-hmm. And um, this movie already has all the hallmarks of a zombie movie. You have... Uh, you know, the uh, gathering of people who are experiencing something bizarre. Um, and it focuses on, like, just a section of people. Right, yeah, uh, on, on a singular focus. Even though the, the news tells us that it's happening all over the world, the, the movie only only lets us see... Uh, like carriers the window. that one. Yeah, like, just from that little... Their, their small perspective. perspective, yeah. Yeah, and um, there's, there's a few other, like, similarities to zombie movies that, we'll, that I'll talk about later as we move through it. So... Um, she hears the news report and it kind of cuts out and he's like, he's not paying attention. He's yeah, trying to touch her yeah, leg. He's stretching her leg. He's wanting little. And she's like, fucking, did you hear what he just said? And she forces the car to turn into uh, the truck stop. The truck stop. Yeah. That's where they end up. Um, it, yeah. And like a truck almost runs them down at or some section, right? Yeah. Well, right. Well, they get out of the car and they're, they're arguing and she actually says, eat my shorts to him, eat which is shorts. funny because I think this is before the Simpsons started. And we do have someone. And that's we in have the scene. somebody who's in the Simpsons here, we so that, that was kind of fun. I have a clip of her later, um, just because her Yardley. This character just annoys the hell out of me. In this I movie. know it's so weird that she would be in this and be absolutely unbearable to listen to. Yeah, and that, would have that's a voice why. I, that's why I was like, I don't think I can put. Any, I, I didn't do a clip. of I'm her glad you did because uh, yeah, it would just irk me. Ugh. So we meet a married couple, and of course, it's. Um, Trisha Yardley, or what's her name? Uh, uh, Curtis and Connie. It's John Short and Yardley Smith. Yardley Smith, and she's the voice of Lisa in Lisa uh, Simpson. In yeah, The Simpsons. She's that's the only voice she does in The Simpsons. I uh, yeah, I think so. And um, I, 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 I didn't really like dig deep into her credits uh, to see what other work she has done. The Simpsons probably the biggest thing. That's the biggest, yeah, claim to fame. But her, her voice is extremely shrill. Um, it's yeah. very Lisa Simpson, but she's adding some kind of like southern twang to it yeah she's good at that georgian definitely let me tell you this though she definitely sounds like somebody from uh coastal north carolina yeah it's definitely and they're driving down uh the what is it highway yeah they 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 go they stop at a gas station they're like what the hell and they 
see a dead guy. Yeah. Um, and they're they're sort of attacked by a rogue truck. Yeah, like a like a pickup, not a like a tow truck some, or something like that. Old rig. Oh, that's John Short, the actor. The only other movie I've seen him in that was, I think that I can really think of was Apollo thirteen. He was one of the guys on the ground working with Gary Sinise to try to figure out how to fix the problem uh, up, okay. up in, in space. So he was like part of like the Houston type of Yeah, thing. he's one of the, yeah, yeah, those guys. <clears throat> yeah, the, like uh, they almost get run over a rig starts to back up, you mm-hmm. know, because like he jumps out of the way. And he st- he kind of stops and stares at it like, what the fuck is and going on? And she's just screaming. Get in the car, get in the car. She kind of looks like somebody I know. Does she? Think about it. Yes, you're right. Yeah, I know you're talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so and, they drive away, yeah. and and when they do, I like okay. This is another like little theory I have about the movie, and and not not so much leaning into the zombie movie thing, but other idea. Yeah. Um, when they leave, <clears throat> there's a POV shot from inside the cab of the truck that was trying to kill them. Yeah. And so, if these vehicles have somehow gained an agency, which I don't see that they can, because there's no part of a of a automobile. That allows for like thinking to occur. There's no neuro nets. Well, towards the end, the very end of this movie, I we kind of get like a little more explanation, which but I would rather see that movie. But uh. it, it, well, that it is this movie though. Like this is this is. I don't think it, it was just probably a fault of the director uh, and everyone else for not like fully fleshing out that idea that there is something physically there controlling moving these things these, around, yeah, like little pawns. Like some sort of unseen invisible force that is actually there. It's not the trucks deciding, fuck it, we're evil. Yeah. You know? The trucks aren't becoming knowledgeable. Something else right. is making something them Something else is controlling yeah. them. And that's that's what I think is happening with a lot of the appliances and stuff that people are using. Because you see later, like, some people killed by seemingly non-lethal things. Lawnmowers. Walkmans. Well, yeah. Bleeding <laughs> out of the ears. Like. Yeah, like, what did you do to him? Anyway, so uh, that makes me think. And then and there's... listening to ACDC. That's what happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I think Emilius, uh, it, it's, it's, it goes over to Emilio Estevez. He's checking out the, uh, the yeah. Goblin truck. Yeah. And he's kind of looking around, and he gets surprised by Brett. She like, oh, sneaks yeah, up on scare. him. And this is a weird relationship dynamic between them. Yeah, there's no chemistry. No. And and it essentially all it is is like, hey, we're about the same age. Wanna fuck? Pretty much. Yeah. Uh nice shoes. Wanna fuck? The the one kid that got away, Deke. Deke. Uh, we we get to see him. He's on his bicycle. He's yeah. kinda it looks like he's trying to ride home type of deal. I think he, he's he, he was kinda smart to stick to like residential areas instead of highways. Um and so he's riding through this uh town and or this like, you know, neighborhood and he sees all these dead people and animals. And I was thinking, well, it's a good thing everyone had the sense to go outside to die. Yeah. So that it, so that the shot would work. See, um, see I, I kind of wanted to see that section of the movie of like the lawnmower attacking yes, people. More shit like that. of the... An the, ice cream truck killing uh-huh. somebody, like very twisted oh, metal. Like. That's true, though, because when you see the truck come back, it there, there's blood, a blood right? spot and like a, a, bits of hair oh. right about Rock where a level. child's oh, height would be. And I was like, oh, shit. Because yeah, <laughs> you see like a broken into radio flyer as and, well. And the truck is playing King of the Road. He is playing, Roger yeah, Miller. yeah, yeah. And uh, another thing, too, and this is uh, back to my idea about the, the POV shot. Mm-hmm. When he's passing by that house and that woman's hanging out her fucking window. Yeah. There's a shot from behind her. Like watching him. 
Oh yeah, it follows him. Yeah, because she she's like stuck in the car, right? Like no, she's she's upstairs in her home, and she's oh, being choked yeah. out by her like air dryer or blow dryer. Blow dryer, yeah. And there's a shot from behind her above her head, looking at Deke, and, and it follows him. Dun, dun, so something is standing there. Something is standing there, and I think I was like, oh, "This is great." Uh, and Deke is played by Holter Graham. Uh, he would after this appear in Hairspray in '88, uh, and he had a small role in Crybaby. And he was also in the movie Fly Away Home, and he's done some video game works, including Knights of the Old Republic, Grand Theft Auto, Red Dead Redemption, Manhunt, The Warriors, and miscellaneous crew credits for Harry Potter and a Sorcerer's Stone and Big Fish. Nice, mm-hmm. yeah, good for him. He kind of lo- he kind of looks like the he, he looks like the kid from Little Giants, the blonde haired kid, uh, like Devin Sawa. Yeah, it, like when I first saw the guy, I was like, no, that's yeah, not Yeah, I guess him. he has some Devin Sawa qualities yeah. to him. There's there's other shots in this, too. And it, a lot, like this scene does a lot of the bulk of why I think the movie works the best for me. Because you see all these inanimate objects or becoming animated. Yeah. And there's even a, a shot where the hammock is swinging by itself well after all these people had died. The hammock is swinging. Yeah, but it's not like electrical, though. No, it's the not. Hammer. That yeah. means something is in it. Something's hanging out. Something's hanging out and moving around. There's invisible beings at work. And then, you know, the news report echoes, like, sounds of zombie attacks and other films. Because you hear it right after that, too. And then and then there's a there's a car. <clears throat> a pizza delivery car. Mm-hmm. And it crashed into a tree and the guy was hanging out dead. Well, there, his license plate reads Maine. And that's the only nod to, 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 Stephen, to King. Stephen King in Maine uh, because typically all of his stuff is set so there. And it's a long pizza, pizza delivery. Yeah. <laughs> and what's cool is um, the pizza place was called Pizza City. And I used to live about 45 minutes to an hour north of where this was filmed mm-hmm. when I was a child. And there's a place there called Pizza City right next door to the video store where I would rent this <laughs> shit. <laughs> I'll grab a pizza. Yes. Uh, uh, and he, then there were, I'm sorry, I'm yeah, sorry. I, I wrote a bunch about this. Like, there's also a dead lady whose legs are sticking out, and there was gardening, uh, you know. And it made me think: was oh, this a Wizard of Oz reference? <laughs> and could something be controlling these items from somewhere over the rainbow? Boom, boom, boom. Aliens? Yep. You know, you see, uh, see, yeah, and and like the, we're gonna get to that aliens reference later. Um, yeah. The. The kid gets chased by a lawnmower, which I thought was fun. The lawnmower is all bloodied up. I thought that was I thought it was kind of cool how they did that because I was wondering how they did it. I thought it was like a remote control car underneath the lawnmower to make it move. I got that's a what bunch, I was thinking I maybe they did because so, I was like, that's kind of interesting. I think the other reason it was like a push mower too. another reason why the King of the Road being the selection for the uh, ice cream truck was mm-hmm. a good move is because King of the Road, Stephen nah, King directing a movie about vehicles, you know. Road movie. Uh, okay, yeah, so the, the whole sequence makes me want to believe that George Marrow actually did ghost direct some of this movie because the camera angles and the editing choices feel a lot like they could have been. Um, it's never been explicitly stated as fact, but um, now that Romero is dead, he's taken that to his grave. The ice cream truck appears again, and I mentioned to you about the splatter right about a child's height. Mm-hmm. Um, Deke hides in the bushes, and then a lawnmower comes to life, and almost has like a growl to it. Yeah, it's like, and you can see sort of the compartment in the back of that that bulky body of it where the radio control is. Yeah. Um, according to the IMDb trivia, an accident occurred while filming with the radio controlled lawnmower. It struck a bit of wood, uh, shooting splinters into the director of photography's eyes. A guy named Armando Nanuzzi would lose his right eye from this, 
and and sued Stephen King for eighteen million dollars. They settled out of court. Um, and this scene could be a small homage to the actual Lawnmower story, Lawnmower Man story, which is a fucking doozy. Listen to this; it's a short story. <laughs> has nothing to do with sci- uh, um, virtual reality. So in this story, um, I'll keep it brief. This man is like, oh, I need to get, I need, I need to. Summer's coming, so I need I need lawn lawn men or landscapers, someone to help me out because my backyard's all yeah. overgrown, <laughs> and it's going to get worse. So he he hires this guy uh, who pulls up in a truck called Pastoral Greenery, and he's this short, pot-bellied, hairy guy. And so he he's like, oh yeah, uh, take care of my my lawn work for me. He's like, yeah, sure, no problem. So he goes inside and he's you know relaxing by himself. He hears the lawnmower come on, and he goes out and he looks out in the backyard, and the lawnmower is running by itself and the man is following behind it naked on all fours eating the grass right and uh and then he's like oh shit and he like uh and then like a gopher pops out and then the lawnmower immediately runs over and kills the gopher and uh and then this dude like freaks out and faints right so when he comes to there's the lawnmower man standing above him and he's like yeah i got this method that my boss is uh, giving me and and he's like okay um what and then like i think he tries to run away uh, after finding out that the man's boss is pan the that god of mischief yeah yeah yeah. and so the lawnmower comes life chases him down kills him and so when the police arrive they see that the uh there's a murder scene and they, they just talk it up to some weird sexual asphyxiation or something crazy gone yeah. wrong and and then as they're leaving they can smell freshly cut grass and shit and so that's lawnmower man not not the virtual reality not the, not the stuff they made in the movie so okay. i think that might have that's been a pretty cool a story little, yeah it's wild right <laughs> like, i want to see that so the uh <clears throat> where am i at here uh, oh that sort of like ends that that yeah little little segment, say, yeah, and they go back to the Dixie we go boy. back yeah and, and uh, it's duncan yeah right uh he's Deke's son yeah De- deke's father. father excuse me he's like i gotta go find my kid yeah you know and they're like you can't go anywhere like how many fingers am i holding you can't fucking see he's like, got a little double vision yeah he's like it's fine i gotta find my boy and then he goes out and he gets hit by a fucking semi he gets splatted and, and you know what there's a thing about i think stephen king being Run over by a semi, like pet cemetery with the kid being run over by the cemetery by right. the semi at the beginning. Um, yeah, gets hit by that. The Bible <clears throat> salesman, right? The, his his truck gets all or his uh, car gets all smashed up, so yeah. he runs out there. Oh, what the fucking son bitch! He gets smashed up. Yeah, he gets backed into by the by the the goblin. Yeah, and and the body count is rising. Yeah, and he gets he gets pretty much like chucked into a ditch. And this is where the trucks all start kind of like revving up and honking. And they, they start, start circling the gas station. Circle, yeah, like zombies do when they the horde finds the their their prey. Yeah, it's, you know, circle the wagons type of thing. Also, like, yeah, 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 totally, totally. And another reason this makes me think like uh, this is trucks as zombies is like when the Bible salesman dude gets hit. And then he doesn't die, but later when the kid finds him, he's like, Bleh. yeah, like he was bit. He grabs him and he's like, like he was bit by a fucking zombie. You know what I'm saying? Fucking weird. Um, the married couple, they're the newlyweds. They're they're going down the road, mm-hmm. and there's no one on their side of the road. On the other side of the road is it's like a convoy. Yeah, going the opposite direction. Yeah. They're going like a, just as many fucking semi trucks oh. as you could imagine. Like it's kind of funny driving down that road. You would see a lot of convoys because it's so close to Camp Lejeune. Mm. Yeah, yeah that was all. That was a lot of trucks. Yeah. Like that must yeah. have been pretty expensive to 
get that many Probably. people. A lot of the trucks that I read were uh, actual like local people or businesses or drivers who wanted to be involved, and so they, didn't, cool. they, they didn't change like anything on the side. It's just yeah, because I think there's a couple. I was like, I wonder if they're sponsored by this or it's just a couple of them have to be fake because. There's one that uh, like the happy toys. Yeah, it says here comes another load of joy, <laughs> and then there's one that says Thurston. And growing up up there for part of my life, I would see Thurston a lot, and yeah, it was actually a family name. I knew people. By yeah, that I think name. that's like the name of a shipping yeah. company or something. Estes like that. too, like uh, a couple, a lot of the things I see in this movie, I'm like, yeah, I recognize that. Yeah, one of the trucks goes after the couple. Like, mm-hmm. It's like Whoop. like one shoots off like from the side of the road and just starts giving yeah. chase. And then he does this weird little maneuver where he causes the truck to like go off like a steep embankment. Yeah, but it, as soon as it, it blows up, it blows up. It blows up as soon as it like catches air. Yeah, it catches air and like when it crashes, like breaks in half and explodes. You know, like what the I fuck? I don't know why. Like, all right, I don't know why, but it did. Yeah, I was like, yeah, they drive through like a little gap. The car flips. Uh, it explodes. Uh, then they they make it to the oh the truck yeah, stop they, and they the, try to shoot the gap. Yeah, because they're like, okay, we got to get to this truck stop, but there's a small gap during mm-hmm. the circle of semis. And she's like, he's he's like, I'm going for it. And she's like, no, no you are not. Oh my god, Curtis Brown, you son of a bitch. And he goes for it. He ends up flipping the car. Uh, they run out. They the Emilio Estevez. They pretty much save all those people. Yeah, and then here comes Bubba with a fucking RPG. Yeah, yeah, fucking. Pat Hinkle's character comes out with this fucking. He's like, shooting from the hip. <laughs> yeah, that was. They all shoot from the hip. It's wild. This. Yeah, he's got a fucking bazooka. He doesn't even put it on his shoulder. He just holds it next to him. He's like, Shoo. it can't be uh, it can't be for accurate shooting. Yeah, and he's like, where the fuck did you get that thing? He's like, don't don't you worry, but never mind about that, Bubba. <laughs> um, after that, we we have a little weird fucking scene with Billy and Brett. Oh yeah, the the, the is this not is this. This is after like uh, homeboys in the bathroom. He's talking to the fat guy. He's asking him about the uh, the the weapons cachet. No, this is before. This is before. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Uh, I think it's. I think it's after, homie. Okay, yeah, then it's after. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, yeah, guys, taking a well, there's there's, dropping a deuce. There's not not a lot of like important shit happening right here. You get the flight of the Valkyries thing because Deke is like running from that plane. Um. It was like a um, Hendershot keeps saying the word obtuse um, when referring to Bill. And I, it made me think, oh, like Andy Dufresne said that. So the award be so obtuse. Obtuse. Like, and that's a Stephen King. You know? Uh, what did you say to me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> obtuse. <laughs> uh, the, the, uh, there's, and, then, and I noticed there's a condom dispenser in the bathroom. So I was like, that's the yeah, I was wondering if the good old days. Yeah, I was wondering if that was going to come to life at some point. Yeah, you don't really see that sort of shit anymore. Um, you, you see the weapons cache, and then that's when he says the obtuse thing. Deke makes it to the truck stop, and now it's nighttime, and Bill and Brett have decided to go heels to Jesus. Yeah, and uh, here's here's a little clip of Bill and Brett kind of talking before they decide to sex it up. How are the lovebirds? Heart rate just slowing down a little, I think. That's good. Mother's helper. A girl hitching her way down to Florida needs some protection. <laughs> yeah? That's what you're doing? Yeah. That's what I was doing before every machine in the world went into maximum overdrive. 
Roll credits. <laughs> I'm scared. If I put my arm around you, would you stick me with that thing? You don't stick a person with a straight razor. It's more like... <laughs> and I wouldn't. Mm. You reckon that... Mm. You reckon this scene would be any less painful without the, the bluesy... It's, I think the bluesy helps a little bit yeah. more. I mean, yeah. Are you going to stick me with that? You don't stick a man with a straight razor. Now, was that music ACDC? Uh, probably. It might have been on one of their just doing a little diddly like, do. Like it sounded like more like a Stevie Ray Vaughan yeah. or something. Um, so they end up having mm, sex. They at, do. At some point, like, Brett is like, maybe this has to do with the comet that's going by. Well, yeah, because you, like you can see, like, Yeah, you can see, like, the, the, the haze. The spark cloud. And also, uh, fucking Billy's like, you know, if we get out of here, we can go to my go sail a boat. You know, there's no engines on sailboats. We can do that. It's true. Bill does describe an island off the coast where vehicles are prohibited, yep. motorized ones at least, an island called Haven. Now, the TV show Haven, which started in 2010, is also based on King's work. Mm. And uh, in season two, there was an episode called Love Machine where cars and boats Come alive and start attacking people. Oh, just a love machine. And Haven is also where the Tommyknockers takes place. The Tommyknocker. Never seen the Tommyknockers? Mm -mm. It's one of Stephen King's jams from back in the day? Nope. Yeah. And this also makes me think that Zack Snyder got a hold of this movie and uh, sort of infused a lot of its elements into his remake for Dawn of the Dead. Now, there's a couple of things here. Mm -hmm. Obviously, Stephen King is biting off of George Romero here. Yeah. By putting trucks as zombies, people in a store like The Mist. Like, he'll do that later. Yeah. Um, all in one place, like the people in the mall from Dawn of the Dead, 1978, which was less than 10 years before this. And so I'm thinking this is just kind of like, you know, art folding in on itself. And people always borrow from oh, each other. Of course. There's, yeah. there's no way to not do that. You know, we make the things that inspire us from the people, you know, whatever. So Zack Snyder, I think when he was doing Dawn of the Dead, not only looked at Dawn of the Dead 78, but probably looked at this movie and did a lot of the same things because there's a truck in Dawn of the Dead that backs into a zombie and kills him the same way uh, the, the, the that Bible people are getting smashed yeah. in this. Two, at the end of Dawn of the Dead, they escape via boat in 2004. Three... Yeah. Later in this, when they go to save that guy or attempt to, they to, they take the the sewer tunnels down yeah. and through, just like when they were trying to bring food and and rescue the it's been a while people over, over at the one. gun store across from the mall. So it's all these little things just made me think this is fucking Zack Snyder right here, you know? Yeah, do your research, right, and be like, yeah. hey, if that's a great idea, we'll put that in my movie. <laughs> well, I mean, something as subtle as that that doesn't like overshadow the the fact that okay, you're, you're making a zombie movie about people in a mall. And someone's going to look at this fucking 
murderous truck movie and a truck stop, and they're not going to make those connections. Yeah, not at all. But if you redress those elements and just put them in there uh, in a way that like helps move the story along and, and is otherwise like unrecognizable, you know, I'm sure it'll, it'll get by. But uh, and of course, maybe I'm just reading too far into this. So I'm willing to accept that, but I, I do see we'll just see some connections. So there's here. nothing wrong with that. No, certainly not. That. No, not at all. Um, the waitress June that got her arm cut earlier. Mm-hmm. She's getting a little sauce. She she just goes fucking bananas. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. She she goes out and she's like, "We made you. Ah, yeah. oh, we created you." Why? She's really really hamming it up too. Yeah. She's like, "We made you." And like yeah, she's losing off. her mind. The lights end up. They cut the power goes out. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone's just straight chilling. The and they can hear the salesman. He's Help like, me! Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. still here. Like, um, we De- see Deke yeah, is De- making his way, uh, and he crawls into a pipe, which is sort of a reverse Shawshank. Yeah, he's going in instead yeah. of out. <laughs> um, doop doop doop. Let's hear. Uh, what does this say? Billy. Um, oh, Curtis and Billy arm up. Yeah, well, because yeah, yeah, because they're, they, they're like we're gonna we're gonna we're go, gonna go sa- we're gonna yeah. go save this the, the man. He's like, great. Well, we have to go across the street or across the parking lot to yeah. the shower room, crawl through the drain of the shower, Ugh. and then go out through the pipe. And then Deke also stumbles across the salesman in the mud, and this is what made me think that you know he's like a zombie. The truck, quote unquote, bit him because he wakes up. He's like, get me out of this mud or I'll kill you. Bitch. Yeah, he's, he's like just nuts. being real nutso. Uh, and and there's then, also a lot of like piss and shit jokes when they're crawling through the it's drain. True, it's true. And you notice that all the patrons, the other people that aren't really helping, are just in there, just like yay, drinking beer. Yeah, and just fucking off. They don't even care. They're like, <laughs> no, oh, they're like whatever, man. Yeah, they're like, it's okay. It's it's kind of like Jaws, I guess. Like, you I know, suppose, the shark yeah. is like just get shit faced. Nothing better to do. <laughs> Show me the way to go. <laughs> yeah. Um. They they pretty much go back to the diner like when. When well, they the, save Deke. And yeah, they then, save Deke. They realize that the guy's dead. They're like, well, I, I think he. We're supposed to accept that he was killed by that truck that ran into the ditch. Well, at first, like remember, they like he tries to he grabs Deke and he's like, save me, and then he just kind of passes out. <laughs> but then Billy and them are like trying to shake him, and he's not moving. He's yeah. like, fuck it, he's and dead. Then the truck is like coming in on him. And yeah, like, fuck a tr- it. Yeah, a truck kind of sees Bail. them and just smashes into the salesman, and it, it. And here's the thing: it smashes into the the pipe. The pipe. Breaks it. Which I was wondering about that. Yeah. Because later on, they when they escaped through that pipe, they come the, back out. did the truck back up or was the truck stuck? So I thought that was a little little weird. Uh, I didn't think about that, but I also, that pipe was concrete and the one they came out of, they had to cut the grate. Oh, uh, so they, they came out through a different, the second different grate, I guess? Possibly. Okay. I don't know. I mean, why are trucks driving themselves around? <laughs> I think we can allow them a second escape route. Uh, Deke finds out that his dad died, and that's kind of like a sad thing. Oh yeah, and and, and uh, Hingle or uh, Bubba does it in the most like uh, unceremonious. Your boy's way. dead. Your dad dead. You got scrubbed by one of them big boys out there. <laughs> so all the uh, next morning, all the trucks all stop. Yeah, dozer starts wrecking shit, waking the hungover patrons, and then a platform truck with a mounted M60 rolls up. Yeah, and uh, I have a little clip of that just a little bit um yeah push it pushes bubba's car into the diner yeah um he, he, blasts he blows the up the yeah. bulldozer he at least tries to at least yeah um and then uh he does he he gets shot with a machine gun well yeah after he blows that shit up the m60 starts firing yeah and it kills a couple of the fucking drunk dudes that woke up kills bubba um and then wanda Wand- june mouths he, off and gets real she comes out with she, she gets clapped again. up too yeah. and she gets all shot up 
So the uh, platforms truck starts beeping Morse code. Well, to the th- people didn't they inside. blow up a Miller truck at some point? Yeah, she fires one off when she gets shot. Yeah. And then she takes takes out that other truck. I got a little bit of the Morse code thing. So, yeah, the, okay. it starts giving us Morse code, and everyone's like, what is that? And Deke's like, it's Morse code. I took got my badge in it this summer. Yeah, let me figure it out. Here's a little section that you'll think is kind of funny. They want us to feed them. Feed them? Fuck them. Let them starve. Half of them's out of gas already. <laughs> Let them starve. Won't take long. We can't feel them anyway. We ain't got no power. Oh, shit. I'll be down. I'm gonna go turn on the pumps. I just hope none of them left home without their American Express cards. <laughs> Phil? Wait. Wait. You can't do this. It's not a good idea. It's like Neville Chamberlain giving in to the Nazis. Come here. Come here. Okay. Okay, now you see that one? All right? Yes, I do. Okay, now look. Here's the way I figure it. The big guys, they're heavyweights, okay? Uh-huh. They crash in here, they're gonna break through the floor and end up in the cellar. But that one, that bastard, ain't no reason why he couldn't call in a truck full of napalm and hose this place down. Just take care of yourself, okay? What are you gonna do, huh? Run me down? Shit, that'd be like a junkie trying to run down his connection. shit on the East Coast, practically uncut. You got that fuck face? <laughs> was, was that Stephen King I don't, like I, writing his own experience into that? He's like, I'm gonna make a cocaine joke. Yeah, because it's it doesn't make it much, it's, it makes no sense. He's like, yeah, bring all your buddies. Yeah, tell Come them. on down. I got some uncut diesel fuel for yeah, you. Uncut, like, yeah. what? Okay, okay, all right, all right, all right. Let's, oh, and let's, during let's, this time, when let's he walks... Unpa- let's unpack this real yeah, quick. Yeah, real quick. When he walks out, the, the machine gun is following him, by the way. Yeah. So it's, and, it's and sentient, I that guess. That, too, yeah, that makes me think, okay, it's another POV shot behind the gun. Someone's controlling it, and yeah. Then, me, 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 you know, so, like, something is there, like, you can't physically see, controlling yeah. it. And maybe even it's, maybe it's not, like, a like a physical presence. Maybe it's a, a remote physical presence. 
you know, based on what we learned by the end of the movie. Yeah. And, um, and so, okay, two things. Why would, why would a character make a reference to cocaine to a truck if what they're after is fuel when there's no, like, how do we... I don't think there's That's much not something you would say to someone who is human. Yeah, I, and I know. <laughs> I guess it's, it's trying to do a thing like like we we need the fuel like they're junkies, so it's yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah I got yeah, the yeah. best stuff, which is just weird because it, and then as the scene goes on, you know, uh-huh. the, like Bill's busting his ass filling up all these trucks, and like like every truck from the fucking state is there. there there's miles. They're miles they're lined yeah. up, and and they're working around and the his, clock because his the hands don't are getting tire. all blistered yeah. and stuff. Like he runs himself dead, but he's still but he's still like. To Tell the all tune your of, butteries uh, to come on down. To the tune of ACDC's Hell's Bells. Yeah. Hell's Bells. So they uh, they finally run out of fuel. A gas tanker shows up with more, and it's sort of like... It's like pushing, pushing him. Pushing him, yeah. like being a bully. And he's like, what do you want? Yeah. So Billy, exhausted, um, hands over the pump to, to Handy, uh, and that guy... Yeah, his name's Handy. <laughs> he he kind of takes over, like, refueling the, uh, the tank so they can keep fueling the trucks. And, and Billy's got a plan. Super exhausted, and he gives his take on what's happening, aliens and shit, and, and, and you know he's got his own idea of what he thinks is happening. And so Bill hatches his plan, and he drops a grenade on the platform truck. Yeah, the gunner thing, spinning it uh, so that it that it can't get a beat on him. And then uh, this sort of like sets in motion like the last part of the movie, like the, pretty much the climax where the uh, the group attempts to escape. I, I have a little clip of the escape just okay. so we can hear her voice because okay. Um, yeah, so they end up all escaping through the the shower drain right. as the you know, shit's blowing up, and right. and the trucks at this point are starting to retaliate. Like yeah. they're, they're running shit over. Um, and here's just a little clip of uh, uh, what's her face, uh, Yardley. Maybe the guy who drops her into the thing is like Jesus Christ, shut may, up, yeah. lady. <laughs> and like I think her the intent the intention was for her to be some kind of comic relief. It didn't come across that and way. No, no, it didn't. And that's probably her funniest line. So yeah, that's the best because other than that, she's just yelling at her husband consistently, like "Don't make me a widow, and don't you do this." And, and I I think that there, despite like some of this being very thin and not well executed. The characters do have uh, moments that kind of give you a little more than just being like as one dimensional. I think it's very brief, if anything. Like there should have been a little more character development. A little more, yeah. Like I think the one thing they did, which I think was supposed to like kind of give us uh, an idea of like who Brett was. Like when she shows up, she's already already been like fighting off this salesman dude and like you know putting up her guard against him. And and we're supposed to, I think, uh, allow that. Oh, she's a She's a, a headstrong and problem solver, and 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 she'll be fine. Yeah, you know, uh, because little things like that that, that She's a scrapper. to her character. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and with this couple, yeah, they bicker a lot, but there are small scenes where they're like they're just laughing like, and yeah, and tickling, like, you know, like, yeah. And, and, and through all that tough love, there it's love, yeah. like all the way anyway. Yeah, when they escape, uh, they're pretty much like a, like the 
the diners the just start the, they, flattening everything. Yeah, they destroy yeah. everything. Um, While which, they're running, which, the, is, which uh, is a kind of fun scene. You get to yeah. see a lot of explosions and the shit being destroyed. Uh, they, they swing by a restaurant. Like yeah, a they, fast they, food place. they end up behind a fast food joint that I think humans here, humans here, yeah. humans here. Yeah. So the 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 back sign and the the drive through the drive through speaker. speaker starts like ratting them out, but like there's no automated voice things on those t- well there are on like starbucks now like they, they do like an automated thing before you actually start speaking to someone oh uh, really just say hello welcome to I'm starbucks. like hi welcome to- yeah and then then the voice comes on it's a completely so, different voice yeah humans here and so uh does deep I, shoot that one i think it's yeah he does okay. i was thinking it's a whataburger could be because oh, I, mean, the, I don't want whataburger now the sign says <laughs> burger lean like for the title but when you read the menu i pause it and read the menu um is there some Whoa. W's on there? It like, says it says Whataburger Deluxe with fries is uh, just a dollar ninety nine. Ooh, that's a pretty good deal. Forty five cents for a cola, uh, or you can get it Carolina style because there's chili, slaw, mm. onions, and sometimes mustard is what's Carolina style. Delicious. And you can add that for twenty cents. What? <laughs> well, twenty cents per topping. Yeah, I know, but I'm just. Oh. <laughs> we used to have Whataburger here, and then they just got rid of them all. Yeah, the, like the closest one to uh, Wilmington is actually about. Maybe 50 miles, 40 or 50, 30 miles east or west of, mm. of where they are filming this. So it could have been an old Whataburger back in the day. Probably. We had one out on John Young. Or, uh, we had one on John, John Young. Young yeah, for a long right time there ago. in the South Park area. That's right. Uh, the ice cream truck shows up at one point, right? Yeah. Does Deke shoot? Here's the thing. Deke has a like a fucking machine gun, right? And he's holding it very incorrectly, right over. He's the, holding it over like the, the heat guard, yeah. And I'm like, dude, you're gonna melt your hand, like. Well, he was holding it that way at first, so it would have been fine. Even when he shot, but it, after he was after it. firing, he's like, "Here, I'm done with this." And I was like, "Why are you done with that? <clears throat> Keep it. You shoot. You shoot a fast forward fast food billboard <laughs> to avenge your father." Who was killed by the truck? Who's on his way? Yeah, he's coming to get you. <laughs> he's on his way, but that's where you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna find your vengeance and then hand over your weapon uh, after shooting uh, something stationary. Yeah. So. Well, they also they get to the marine and the ice cream truck truck shows up. Deke blows that thing up. Mm-hmm. Um, probably. Then, you know, uh, I bet there was probably a scene where like the ice cream truck killed like his friend or something like that. Are you? I probably never filmed or I don't know. Um, um, they get to the marina. Brad, uh, one of the characters, goes over. And he sees a lady who's like, yeah, who's been, like, I need this ring. Who's been like, str- like rolled up in her window. Of yeah, her the car. automatic window. Oh, she, yeah. It was probably relatively new then, automatic windows. Yeah, and she's got like a big, fat old diamond. That shit happened to me once. What, you got rolled up in a window? Or, yeah. or you you stole a no, fat no, diamond no, off no. of a dead woman? I'm <laughs> like, no, 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 no. <laughs> well, this is Leon Rippey, that character, uh, or that actor. Um, when I was. Back in two or no, 1999 was my only. I was think I was 13 or 14. It was my only experience ever going to like a summer camp. Mm-hmm. It was like a, like one of these evangelical summer camps in Illinois. It was my grand my grandmother dropped me off there. I was there for like a week and a half, two weeks. It was actually kind of rad. Yeah, I bet I loved it a lot. And um, when she, I made like pretty cool friends, I was I was starting to wrestle then too. So I was like in really good shape, and I was always like out doing all the physical activities with everybody. Anyway, so my grandmother picks us up. As we're leaving, I got my head out the window and an arm saying bye, and the thing like, oh like right up under my my jaw was open, like Damn, my mouth was broken open. Your teeth, and it thing got right up under me like that's, that. That's um, how that's how Zach got the gap in his teeth. In yeah. his room. <laughs> 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 fucking window. 
you guys can all tell I have a, a, a tooth gap from listening to me. But yeah, that was crazy. Uh, the goblin ends up killing uh, Brad, right? Yeah, it kills that dude, like smashes him up real good. And then, and then Billy shoots. Just blasts the goblin. From the hip. With a rocket. From the hip. And he says, <laughs> adios, motherfucker. Yeah, it's probably yeah, the coolest line. I wish you had gotten that one. Uh, that's yeah, that's the last line of the movie. Have you ever had an adios motherfucker? What is that? It's a drink. Oh no! Or uh, sometimes, as is known, uh, the AMF. It's essentially a blue Long Island. Oh, just okay. a little stronger. Yeah, yeah. It's not on on adios. like the uh, yeah adios motherfucker. <laughs> that's why it's called that. It's a little stronger, and they use the curacao. And it, you know, you ever had like you ever seen trash cans? Yeah. When they just dump a Red Bull in there. Well, that's essentially an adios motherfucker. Oh, gotcha. Like a, uh, a so Mind yeah. Eraser type of stuff. Mind Eraser is a little different. It's like a little sweeter. Uh, Mind, yeah, Mind Eraser has like just soda water. It's like something you. Yeah, real fast. Yeah. 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 Um, so they escape on a boat with a big explosion, kind of like Dawn of the Dead 04. Yeah. And then there's there's a little bit more text that we get. Text flashes across the screen and it says, two days later. A large UFO was destroyed in space by a Russian weather satellite, quote unquote, which happened to be equipped with a laser cannon and class four nuclear missiles. Approximately six days later, the Earth passed beyond the tail of Rhea M, exactly as predicted. Yeah. And then it says the survivors of the Dixie Boy are still survivors. Yeah, still survivors. So cool. Great. So that led me to believe, okay, there was an unexplored idea that didn't fully like make it into the film to help one make the summation that that there are an uh, alien invisible alien force, invisible aliens, and then also they kind of have like a star space wars type of thing. Like the Russians had missiles up there the whole time, not us, they did (laughs) because that was Cold War, and that would have that would have been like funny for the audience. Well, it's also like, yeah, because the Reagan wanted Reagan wanted Star Star Wars Wars thing project or whatever. Um, and so an original draft of the script had the survivors uh facing one last obstacle in the form of a boat with a mounted machine gun rather than the platform truck. Mm. Uh, also with the final shot of Wilmington being destroyed, but that never made it in. And I think the, the shot of Wilmington's destruction was going to be like a matte painting just in the background yeah, just as gonna... they sailed away. Um, about a year after the movie's release, the goblin truck was taken to silent Rick's towing and salvage in Wilmington as most of the face was severely burnt. Um, they blew it so up. The face, <laughs> the face itself actually passed hands for a couple of years until a guy named Tim Shockey, who displayed it in his video store for several years until he sold the business, uh, moved it into his backyard for about 20 years. He had it in his, in his, in his yard and in 2011 started restoring it. Now he travels across North America, taking it to horror and comic cons. That's cool. It's very cool. Just the face or does he actually have like a fucking truck? Just, just the face. Uh, just the face. Yeah. Uh, so Marshall McLuhan, Oh, this is something I, I always like to try to add a little something else that takes me down the rabbit hole when I watch movies like this, even if it's as dumb as this. There's, <laughs> there's, there's got to be some kind of silver lining or something that one can take away from it. My takeaway <clears throat> um, was this. There was a uh, media theoretician named Marshall McLuhan who wrote a book called Understanding Media. Um, and in it, he writes uh, about the motor vehicle. He says, the car has become an article of dress without which we feel uncertain, unclad and incomplete. The car gave the democratic gave to the democratic cavalier, his house and armor and haughty insolence in one package, transmogrifying the night into a misguided missile. 
The car has become the carapace, the protective and aggressive shell of urban and suburban man. McLuhan's argument is that the automobile is a medium not unlike the printing press or radio or phonograph, That's, that it's an extension of man and means of expression, and therefore it can be a medium for art, a medium of mobility. In this sense, and in horror movies, cars and trucks can become a physical manifestation of man's capacity for evil. I like that. Yeah. Very well said. Yeah. That's what, all I have. What are you going to duck it? Well, I remember going into this that my mission was try to try to... It didn't happen. Elevate you? No, <laughs> it no. It didn't happen. <laughs> uh, two, you did a very good job. Um, two ducks. Do you do it too? Uh, this is two ducks, yeah. I'm, I'm zero ducking it. Zero ducks, I, I, rare, right. I rarely zero duck anything. Yeah, man. But this There's is a no mo- redeeming qualities in this for you at all. No, no, not no. at all. It's just to me, ugh, like I don't think I'll ever watch this movie again. All right, uh, go watch it. Like if you've Please never seen, if you've never seen the movie, see yeah. it. You know, even though even if I give it zero ducks, I'm not saying you shouldn't go see the movie. This is one of those movies. Even after I'd seen it the first time, yeah. And prior to this, that if I was flipping through channels and it was on, boop, you'd leave it stopped. on. Yep, stopped. One of those guilty pleasure films. Love it absolutely. Yeah. I loved it ever since the first time I saw it. Still love it. I mean, two ducks. It's a two duck kind of love. Two duck kind of love. Not a five duck kind of love, but it's love nonetheless. We um we we our next movie um is Dick Tracy. Yes. From 1990, um it is available on HBO Max. If you guys have that, if you don't, you can, of course you can rent it on Amazon Prime and all mm-hmm. that jazz. We do have a new way that we're going to be choosing our movies. Indeed. After Dick Tracy. Yes, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. I have a thing called the Quack Jar. It's a little clear jar with a little rubber ducky on the oh, top of it. Is. Yep. Um, I've already written down probably about eight movies that we had previously on our idea board. Okay. Um, I had fold those up on there. But what you guys can do mm-hmm. is Fish and I are going to uh, film a little video. We're going to pin it to the very top of our Facebook page. So mm-hmm. when you go to our Facebook page, it'll be the very first thing that you see under posts. And right. It'll always stay there. And you guys can leave a name of a movie mm-hmm. that you think we should do again, try to follow our criteria of, right. of did it make money is it a cult classic. Try to use your best judgment. Cult on classic that. cult classics, box office bombs, sleeper hits and forgotten films. If you feel like it falls within those categories, drop it in there and then we'll make the determination. Yeah. And then we'll, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll put a little reply saying it's been added and we'll actually write your name next to uh, the movie on the slip. So when we choose it, we get to try to limit yourself to, to suggestions, maybe like one a week or two a week. Don't want to spam us because if we get an overload, we're not going to start accepting. Yeah. You know, I mean, a lot of, I don't want to, I don't want to fill the jar, the whole right. thing. So try, try to, uh, Pick one movie per yeah. individual. Uh, for, yeah, for uh, a given amount of time. Because if you just spam us with like a list of movies you think we should cover, one, we're not going to get to all of those. Yeah, try to choose Try to choose once. the one movie that you really want us to cover. And uh, and also consider consider the month you're in. Does it, does it uh, you know, square with uh, maybe current events? Uh, is there another movie coming out that makes you think of, a, of one that you think we should cover as it relates to whatever the new release is try to try to try to keep your head in that game as well think of holidays yeah, things uh, like that every episode even when we have a guest we'll be shaking up that jar reaching in and pulling it out uh other than that that was a pretty good episode we're about yeah, a minute and 26 that. seconds we also want to thank the copper fox tattoo company in Kissimmee, florida for sponsoring us Absolutely. all of our patreons out there um make sure that you're following us on instagram twitter and facebook duck and the usher uh zach's doing a great job on the twitter and instagram i need to kind of brush up on my facebook zach's been posting a lot of stuff too i try to yeah it's uh, been kind of quiet lately but you know ask us questions if you have anything on the facebook just shoot us a post shoot us a private message we'd be more mm-hmm. than happy to respond absolutely and we hope you guys enjoyed this show
Yes, indeed. Anything else, Fish? That's all I got. Uh, now, when season two rolls around, um, when we start up uh, in September to, to restart the, a, a whole new year for yep. us. We're going to be doing a lot a lot of new stuff. I've already ordered some new um, stickers. Uh, I also ordered cool. some enamel pins. like, to, like little Oh, pins. fun. So if you're part of our Patreon, I'll be sending you guys those. We're also going to be having brand new intro and outro music with new bumpers, original music from a very talented musician that I know from out of Philly. Uh, but we'll cover all those details uh, in the coming weeks. Yeah, uh, I think we hit a year in December. Or we hit a year in September. September 25th, day yep. before your birthday. That's right. All right. Have fun, guys. All right.